favorite joke. You ready? One of my favorite jokes. You, you have a, you have, it's kind of interactive, so I'll give you your line here in just a second. You've probably heard it. My dog has no nose. You say, how does he smell? Okay, let's try that again. My dog has no nose. Awful. So, uh, isn't that a good one? David, you got, yeah, that's a good one. A couple weeks ago, I told you that uh, we as a nation spend thousands of dollars making sure that we look good, right? We buy all the products and do all the things so that we can look good. The same is true, you probably, no surprise, but the same is true for smelling good. Deodorant, perfume, aftershave, cologne, all the stuff so that we can smell better. We clean ourselves on a regular basis, I hope. It looks like you probably all have, right? Um, there, you know, there's all the commercials prey on the, the fear that maybe we'll smell bad, so we're going to buy the next thing that will make us smell good. Maybe I'm dating myself, uh, but uh, raise your hand if you're... Okay, so you dated yourself there too, so... Um, Anyway, we spray uh, air fresheners, we plug them in, we do all the stuff, we burn candles. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we're close to the time, maybe, in a, in a couple of weeks or a couple of months where we can open the windows and, and air out the house and, and get that fresh air blowing through and, and, uh, and, and we're going to get everything smelling good. Um, I've heard that if we were ever able to go back in time, which I'm sure we'll be able to do at some point, I'm just, I'm banking on it, I'm praying, I'm just kidding, I I like the old time travel movies, but uh, anyway, if, if we could ever go back in time, they say that the first thing we would notice, probably uh, before anything else, would be how it smells, like not good. Right, uh, lack of sanitation, access to clean water, poor hygiene practices, no deodorant, all those kinds of things. Uh, things used to smell a whole lot worse than maybe they do now. So the, uh, I want to get right to it today. I'm going to ask you a question. It might seem a little personal, uh, but uh, bear with me. Here's the question. You don't have to answer out loud. How do you smell? Awful. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's a that's a. I'm not asking you to tell me how the person next to you smells. That's a whole, we don't want to go into that. But, but how do you smell spiritually? And I, and I say that, and it sounds like a weird question, because it is, is a weird question, and you're probably thinking, I don't even know what that means. Where is he going? Let me get on Facebook, because this isn't going to be worth my time. Well, hang with me, hang with me. Uh, uh, I think by the end of our time together, you will begin to grasp what this whole concept is of how we smell uh, in our spiritual lives. So today is the last uh, last day for looking at these questions to live by. Maybe you've uh, picked up one of these cards. I hope you have uh, the questions that we're asking every day in order to evaluate our spiritual lives. If I'm living a healthy spiritual life, uh, if I'm living out my mission, our mission as a church, as individuals, we live to love people to life. Uh, if, if I'm if I'm doing that, then I'll be uh, able to answer these questions in the affirmative, uh, and and it kind of keeps us on track. And so we've looked through the first four. Um, Have I met with God today? Am I trusting and obeying God in everything? Do I see Jesus in the mirror? Who have I served today? That was last week, right? And and many of you have indicated that these questions have have been helpful to you. Uh, I've heard of people keeping these cards maybe in your purse or or, uh, um, maybe on on the mirror or uh, on your computer monitor or uh, we've got one on the fridge at home um, so that they're front and center. And so we're reminding ourselves of what's important uh, in our our spiritual lives. 
uh, I've talked through this, um, uh, this, a lot of this series. We've looked at Jesus' uh, word picture in John 15 of the vine and the branches and how that kind of relates to these. Uh, so we're, we're connected with Jesus like a branch is to a vine. It's uh, his life, his spirit that flows through us kind of like the sap in a plant and produces godly fruit. Uh, so we, we need to spend time with God. Uh, have, I, have I met with God today? Um, I, we need to trust him and do what he says. Am I trusting and obeying God and everything? Uh, we need to allow his character, his love to, uh, to grow in us, the fruit of his love. And, and as it does, then we're awakened to how we can serve other people and, and meet needs in, in his name. And so now we come back to, uh, to the final question, which is uh, connected to all the ones before. And yet maybe, I don't know, maybe it stretches us the most. Maybe it doesn't. Am I close to someone far from God? And, and we have to say, well, why would that be important? Um, well, if I'm loving people to life, the insinuation is that I'll be in the vicinity of people who need that, right? Who, who aren't necessarily experiencing the abundant life of God so that I can have some influence on them. Unfortunately, statistics show that, uh, that, that the longer someone is following Jesus, the longer someone is a part of a church, uh, the, the less relationships that we have outside of the church. I mean, it, it, I guess that's natural to gravitate toward people who have the same views and, and goals and lifestyle and all those sorts of things, but, but we can't love anyone to life uh, if we're, we don't know anyone who's in need of that life. Uh, may, or maybe you are close to someone, maybe, maybe uh, you, you certainly have many someones in your life who are far from God, but, but you're, you're kind of pushing back saying, yeah, I mean, I have those relationships, but it doesn't really seem like I'm having a whole lot of influence in loving them to life. So in asking the question, am I close to someone far from God, it means that we're intentionally looking for ways to influence people spiritually. Intentionally looking for ways to influence people toward God. And so now, uh, I want to bring us back to that question. It's not on your list, don't worry. We're not adding a sixth question, how do I smell? But uh, we're, going to, uh, we're going to look at that in relation to this whole issue of being close to people who are far from God. And, and it, maybe it'll start to make sense as we look at our scripture for the day. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. Just three verses there in the, uh, the, the second letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, which is a city in the day and he's writing them to encourage and strengthen them in their faith and he says in 2 Corinthians 2.14 but thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere for we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing to the one we are an aroma that brings death to the other an aroma that brings life and who is equal to such a task? I think in order for us to understand what the Apostle Paul is writing here, we need to get a picture of what this triumphal procession 
is all about. I, I mean, the, the people in Corinth, these, these uh, people in this church that, uh, that Paul had planted, uh, they're, they're part of the Roman Empire. Uh, when they read the words triumphal procession, they would have known exactly what he was talking about. We read those words triumphal procession and we're, we're not really sure because we didn't live in that culture back then, but they would have known exactly what it was. So, so let, me, let me kind of paint the picture for you and I think we'll begin to understand what's going on here. Rome was known for its army, right? Uh, they, were, they were always expanding the, uh, the empire, going off and conquering new, uh, new people and, and new areas. And so they would go off, the army would go off on their conquest and uh, they, they would uh, try to extend the empire out and they'd be gone months or maybe even years. And then after they had been successful and victorious, then, uh, then they would return in victory and they would literally go from town to town throughout the empire, flaunting the fact or letting people know that the Roman Empire was was victorious and everything was going great and so they would go through with this parade of sorts or procession a triumphal procession showing that they were they were victorious now, ahead of the parade, long before the people would 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 uh, would see the the parade coming uh, they would uh, they would smell the aroma of incense. Uh, the, there would be people at the head of this parade that would be, uh, it would be uh, shaking the incense around and, and uh, spreading the aroma of the fact that Rome had been victorious. And, and so, so uh, that, that went ahead, that was the first thing before you ever saw anybody in the in the parade and then the procession came and first there was the conquering captain riding on his horse and leading his mighty army and all these uniformed men and you've seen the the pictures of the the Roman Empire and their their uh, their colorful uh, uh, uniforms and all of that and they're marching in step and it's this this kind of this amazing picture and behind the, uh, the 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 captain and and the row after row after row of of, uh, of these uh, soldiers then came the last part of the uh, of the the procession which was the, uh, the the prisoners and they were tied up and and they were marching along and and they had to just keep going and they were defeated and uh, they were literally a testimony of the strength and power of Rome so that's the image, this image of a victorious parade that would have come to mind as the, the people in Corinth read this letter that Paul had, had written to them. He says, you're a triumphal procession in Christ. And that's the picture, this triumphal procession. And Paul used that, that picture to describe what living for God is like and how the knowledge of God is spread Kind of like the Roman Empire and how they did it. So in Paul's mind, the procession is led by none other than Jesus Christ, right? He's the captain on the horse. He's, he's the uh, conquering commander and he's leading the way. And then at first glance, well, where do we fit into this picture? At first glance, I'm thinking that, that uh, we would say, well, we're the soldiers in Christ's army, right? And we're marching along and that's us. I learned it in Sunday school. Maybe I'm dating myself again. I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. Yeah, see, uh-huh. I may never fly or the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. Right? And then the chorus, I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. Yeah, all right. Never mind. Sorry. Um, some of you might say, all right, be quiet, boomer. But uh, anyway, the... Uh, uh, the so this picture of being in Christ's army, and that would fit in in, in circumstances, and we can certainly support that, that we are members of Christ's army and he's leading the way and, and all of that is, is great and, and good, but that's, 
That's not what Paul has in mind here. He doesn't say, well, Christ is, is the head of the, of the procession and you're in the army. He calls us, maybe you saw it there, verse 14. He doesn't say you're soldiers in Christ's army. He says he leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession. We're the, we're the captives. We're the prisoners. We're the bedraggled people at the back of the line. I mean, that's the, the picture that would have come to mind as these, these Corinthians are reading this, that, that we're the, the captives in this triumphal procession. The, the, the prisoners who can't do anything but follow. The, the, trophy, the trophies from the battle, uh, their sole purpose uh, for even being in the procession is to exhibit the strength of Rome and to give praise to the captain of the army. If we are to grasp the heart of what Paul is telling the Corinthian church in this passage, we have to see ourselves as those captives, captured by Christ. The, the imagery goes on here because, because we're, we're captured for a purpose. Not only are we capture, captives, but it says we're also the incense, the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To one we are the smell of death, to the other the fragrance of life. We're beginning to get toward that how do you smell uh, question, right? Uh, be, before this military procession was even seen, it was smelled. Whenever the army came back triumphant, incense was burned and the aroma spread everywhere. And it, it was a testimony to the victory of Rome. So the question again we have to ask is how do I smell spiritually? Is my life an aroma that testifies to Jesus? In order to answer that question, we have to determine who or what has captured us. What has captured us determines how we smell. Maybe some people, I think, are captive to their own self-importance. Everything revolves around them and, and how they look. And I mean, you've smelled somebody like that before, right? I mean, not really smell, but you, you know where I'm going. The, the, the smell of arrogance is not a great smell uh, to be around. Or maybe you've been captured by money and the things that money can buy. A lot of people are captured by that. You just can't get enough. Maybe you're captured by your work. It's the number one thing in your life. Your family knows it, your boss knows it, and God knows it. Or maybe you're like many people and you're just captured by comfort and pleasure and, and what's nice for you, what you like, what, anything that makes you happy. You're striving after it, pursuing it. Who or what has captured you? When you answer that question, you'll begin to know how you smell and whether you smell like God to the people around you. Everyone can tell what has captured you by how you live, by how you talk, by what you do, by uh, uh, how you smell, to use this imagery. Jesus wants to capture us so that we can be a living, breathing trophy of his love and grace. In other words, God wants you to be radically taken over by him so that you can show off that awesome, wonderful life with Christ to other people. When we're captured by God, we follow him. We, we live for him. Our whole purpose in life is to let other people know how great he is. We live to love people to life. The aroma of Christ goes everywhere with us as we live for him. 
So it's important to be around people who aren't yet living for him so that they smell you. I know, it's a little weird, right? We don't want people to go smell. The aroma of Christ exudes from us if we're following closely to him, if we've been captured by him. I mean, it's really, uh, I mean, it's, it's our marching order, so to speak, that, 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 that Jesus gave throughout Scripture. Uh, we see over and over and over again that this is what we need to be about. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, he prayed for workers to go into the harvest fields of the world in Luke 10, 2. Jesus said that, that you and I are to be the light of the world, the, 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 the salt of the earth, uh, shining his light and bringing his flavors wherever we go in Matthew chapter 5. He said that the Holy Spirit would empower us to be his witnesses in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Peter told us that, that, that we, should, uh, we all need to be ready to share the reason for the hope that we have, 1 Peter 3, 15. Paul said that we are Jesus' ambassadors at representing him to the world. 2 Corinthians 5.20, over and over and over and over again, we can't get away from the call, from the challenge, from the responsibility of the church, the, the people of Christ, to reach out to those who are far from God so that they can experience his life and his love. We live to love people to life. It's who we are. It's what we do. We've been captured by Christ, and, and his aroma spreads wherever we go. But sometimes that's kind of awkward, right? And... We're not all that good at it, we don't think, and people aren't necessarily responding to it well, and, and I think maybe we get weirded out by this because we think we have to, to preach at people or to have all the answers, and uh, the truth is that if you are living an abundant life with God, if you're connected to the vine, uh, you're the branch, he's the vine, his spirit is flowing through you, he's producing his fruit uh, in, in you, you're becoming more and more a person of love, you're looking for ways to serve others, then, then uh, you're experiencing his love and his grace and his peace in your life. So it just, it's just going to ha- wherever you go, you're going to smell like Jesus and people will, will smell it on you. His in- he will influence people through you naturally. It's who you are. It's how you smell. So, so if you get close to people who don't yet know God, they will smell him on you, in you, all around you. I um, at times have struggled with uh, with this. I don't have the gift of evangelism per se. They say uh, if, if taking spiritual gifts tests and those kinds of things, uh, usually about five or six percent of people have that gift, and and I'm certainly not one of them. And so at times I've been kind of like, oh, what do I do with this? I don't really know. And and at other times I, I also feel like you know I'm this, you know. Professional Christian, right? And I'm around all you guys all the time, for heaven's sakes. And so, so I mean, not that you're bad and all, but uh, if I'm supposed to love people to life, you're already there. You're already. So what am I? What am? I, and so uh, a while back, not too long ago, over the last year or so, I start started uh, trying to evaluate. Well, what what can I do? Where where can I go? How can I naturally try to uh, love people to life or spend my time in places where where uh, I might have some influence other than sitting in my office. Uh, having a a staff party of one, right? Uh, and uh, and so it's uh, anyway. In in doing all that, I wanted to to be intentional about uh, building relationships with people who might be far from God. And so in looking at at, at all of that um, and and trying to maybe break out of the church world, so to speak, I uh, I started walking through the process the end of last summer to uh, to be a substitute teacher. 
Some of you, I have, uh, you, you know about that, and other people, you're going, really? What? Oh, well, there's no way I would want that. My, I'm glad you didn't. Uh, anyway, so I, I walked through all that, and, and last fall, I, you know, I did the training and, and jumped through all the hoops and did all the stuff, and now about, uh, about once a week or so, you'll find me at Medina or Cloverleaf High School, and, um, and I'm getting an education, <laughs> a real, uh, real live education. Um, course it's not the time for me to recite the four spiritual laws I'm not preaching uh, in math class uh, uh, on uh, on Tuesday afternoon at uh, at the high school Uh, but I am starting to build some relationships and people are starting to recognize me a little bit and and uh, I know some of the 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 students and the staff now and and uh, I'm able to see some of our students maybe that have been a part of our our youth group but maybe they haven't been around for a while and now all of a sudden Pastor Pete's in the hall it's school and somebody's stalking me and what in the world do I do I better get back to church right no uh, no I've, I've had some been able to uh, to, to uh, make some connection that way as well and 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 I am learning a lot about being that just being there in that environment and and, and literally and and this is probably nothing new to you because you do it all the time but 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 as it, on on a day that I think I'm going to step into the the sub role for the day I, I I intentionally pray that I can love someone to life that day. not by not by preaching but just by living my life with God wherever I am, right? That I can bring God's presence and God's joy into that environment. Uh, I don't don't always uh, know all the influence that I might have, but I'm intentionally trying to smell like Jesus at school, a place that doesn't always smell like Jesus, right? And that's just one, one thing that I've done that I'm trying to be intentional about living this out. I guess what I'm asking is, well, I mean, have you taken the time to be intentional about being around people that you, where God might open up an opportunity for you to have an influence how you're living this out? I mean, maybe there's a family member or there's a coworker or there's a friend and, and you could have influence just by being there and maybe something comes up and all of a sudden you can step into a conversation and, and, or say something here or serve in this way. And uh, maybe there's an environment, maybe, maybe at your work or your school or, or in your neighborhood or, or somewhere, maybe in your family where, where, uh, where your, your presence could just exude the presence of God. That's, that's what we're talking about here. Wherever we go, we're bringing Jesus with us. And so if we're living an abundant life with him, if we're connected to the vine and his spirit is flowing through us, his aroma will be all over us and we will have an influence on the people around us. If we are intentionally close to people who are far from God, that aroma will spread to them. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to uh, uh, be able to, to, to preach a sermon at the drop of a hat. You have to live in close relationship with God. And as you do, his aroma will be all over you. And not everybody's going to like it. I'm not saying that everybody's going to be uh, flocking to you. Uh, I mean, verse 16 says that, that, that the Jesus smell uh, is like death to some people and like life to others. It says the exact same smell uh, is, uh, is, is going to be the smell of death to some and uh, life to others. I guess that's a great way to tell if we're doing this right. Are there people uh, in, in your life who, uh, who can't stand the Jesus in you, and maybe you're getting some flack from them at the same time that other people are being drawn to him because of your influence? 
Both of those things will be happening if we're truly loving people to life. If we truly smell like, if his aroma is, uh, is, is going out from us. So I guess as we, as we ask ourselves this, this final question to live by, uh, even as we ask that, maybe a sub-question is, how do I smell <laughs> spiritually? Smell like Jesus. Let Jesus capture you. And then, as you're following him, be intentional about spreading his aroma wherever you go, especially to people who don't know yet how great he is. We live to love people to life. How do we do that? Well, we're going to spend time meeting with God every day, like all the time. We're going to trust him and we're going to obey him in everything. Man, easier said than done, right? But, but as we sense him leading us to go somewhere or do something, we're going to do that. We're, we realize in his word that he tells us not to do something and we've been doing it, we're going to stop. Or he tells us to do something we haven't been doing it, we're going to start because we're trusting him that he knows the answer even if we don't know which way to turn or, or how to, we're going to trust him and we're going to obey. We're going to step out in faith. So I'm meeting with him all the time and I'm trusting him and as I trust him, I obey when he says go, I go and when he says wait, I wait and, and so I'm trusting and obeying him in everything as I do that I see his character begin to develop in me most of all the character of love love for him and love for others and and it's a supernatural thing it's nothing that I can do on my own that love is going to spur us on to be servants to serve even if even if it's difficult even if it's uh, nobody else is doing it that we're going to step out and so we're going to look for opportunities to be of service and as we do that as we're living that life we're going to do that intentionally uh, in in the vicinity of people who don't yet know him so that they can catch a whiff (laughs) of Jesus in us this is not I said at the beginning this is the uh, you know the last sermon in this series and so maybe you're going, okay, good. Now we're moving on from this one. Let's move on. This is, uh, the, we'll just check that one off our list and move on. This isn't about a, a sermon series that we just move on from. And they're not questions to just think about. Or, uh, yeah, okay, that sounds okay, whatever. Now let's move on. to the, I mean, these are questions, it says it in the title, questions to live by. I mean, like, like really do it. Like, like you really do ask yourself these questions. And, and if you get a negative response and you go, oh, I'm not doing it, then you change things so that you, you do because his spirit wants to do supernatural things in and through you. They're questions to live by. If it means putting that card somewhere where you're going to be reminded uh, over and over again, that's great. But I hope that over time we won't need a card anymore to remind us because we're just doing these things. Because we're living to love people to life. And it's the the lifeblood that flows through us. And it's not just what we do, it's who we are. And he's transforming us and changing us. And we begin to spread his aroma wherever we go. Because we live to love people to life. Will you stand with me? Let's bow our heads. Father God, I pray that you, would, that you would speak to our hearts today. That our souls would be open to you, Lord. And if there's one of these, one of these things that maybe we're, we're pushing back on and we're not willing to do yet, Lord, I just pray that you would, you would give us the courage to, uh, to be open to you.
carve out the time to, to meet with you every day, to, uh, uh, to, to trust you and obey you, to, to allow your, uh, your fruit, the fruit of your love to be seen in our lives, to, to look for ways to serve. And Lord, I pray that you'll open up opportunities for us. Maybe, maybe there's a person that comes to mind right in this moment or a situation uh, in, in, in this week as we, as we live it out and, and you purposely say, hey, this is what, what it means where we, you can love somebody to life. Why don't you start praying for this person? Why don't you start uh, looking for opportunities for that? Lord, I, I just pray that you'll bring those things uh, to our minds and to our hearts and that we would be willing Lord, I pray that your spirit would do your supernatural work in us. This is nothing that we can generate on our own, but it's only as we remain connected to you that anything of significance can be accomplished. Lord, I pray that we would truly allow you to capture us and that as we're captured by you, that we would be living, breathing testimonies of your grace and your love in our lives. And so, Lord, as we go from here, we're excited about about what you are going to do uh, through us this week. I pray that that we could see evidence of uh, of what you're doing uh, through us as we love people to life this week. And I pray that you'll help us to to be intentional about that. Most of all, Lord, I pray that we would walk hand in hand with you wherever we go. And you're uh, enabling us and empowering us to be the people that you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 